Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to Unfair Sports, where we take a pensive approach to the sports conversation. You can always check us out wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. And while you are there, rate us and review us and give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Man, give us five anyway and gift it. So today's episode of Unfair, I'm going to dive into the youth movement and how the NBA playoffs are shaping out to be a pretty legendary uh there's time to break up some rosters we need to get rid of some people and where are aaron Rodgers and julio jones gonna end up i don't know make sure you hit us up on the unfair fan line 430-901-1906 and leave us a message to let us know what you think about the show let us know what you think about the videos we put out as well as on our youtube page you can find us at our website unfair-sports.com see all the syndications while you're on YouTube, give us a uh, like and subscribe. While you are on any of your favorite podcast platform and you have the availability, like Apple Podcasts, give us those five stars and then rate us and review us. Let me start off with this. Um, for those of you who are new, welcome to our to the page to the videos to the snippet for those that have been around i always appreciate the support this is something that i like to make sure people know about there's two things that bothers there's two things about me when it comes to sports and this channel and why i do what i do one i try to be as fair as possible when it comes to my evaluation and analysis as well as even updates when it comes to sports because life is unfair. There's a lot of unfair tension with certain things that shouldn't be there. And so, and, and a lot of times we kind of do treat players unfairly. So I try to balance things out with some fairness. It's the name of the, the show, podcast, and everything unfair. But second thing to learn about me and for those that have listened for a while, know this about me. I hate fanatics. I hate them. I hate everything about them. I hate the essence of their existence. And let me explain why. I don't hate fans. Fan, of course, is short for fanatic. And so the fanatic portion of it is the extreme side that I really have a disdain for. Because when it comes to that side of it, that's when your habitual line stepping begins. Those that step over the line and do things just just go too far. They're the take it too far people in sports. And every single one of them that are true fanatics are all horrible for the experience of sports. 
I'm a fan. I enjoy being a fan and, and, and enjoying sports themselves. But I try to make sure that I never, ever, ever go too far. And it's something that I've never, ever done because there's no reason to. Fanatics don't realize one thing about not only professional athletes, and I'm going to be real with this, in society in general, these type of people don't even realize this with their coworkers, their neighbor, hell, their kids, that we're all human. No matter what, no matter how much money you make, no matter how little money you make, and everything in between, we are all humans. And I had was going to write out a little monologue on this, but you know what? I'm just going to just go with it because it bothers me about what happened over the last few days. So unless you've been sleeping under a rock, you saw the two major incidents that hit sports on Wednesday night. First, you had the Atlanta Hawks playing against actually first you had the Washington Wizards playing against the Philadelphia 76ers in Philadelphia and Russell Westbrook gets hurt. So he gets hurt, and as he's leaving, you see a fan pouring popcorn on his head. As you can see, popcorn is being poured on the man's head. As if it's okay. That is not okay, people. There's nothing acceptable about that type of behavior. I don't care that Russell Westbrook made hundreds of millions of dollars playing basketball. I don't care. He's human. There are lines that you should never cross when it comes to sports. And that is one of them. You may think I'm being extreme with it. Horseshit. I am being realistic here because that guy, that person that did that, I promise you, you know, one of those people at your job, you know, one of those people held in your social circle, that person that always goes too far. The one that does something disrespectful and people try to say, oh, some try to say that, oh, you know, you're just joking until they do it to them. Then they're pissed. That's who that is. That's who that fanatic is. That's who fanatics are. Then you have the Trey Young situation where a fan in this climate spit at him saliva flying out of his mouth and people were actually trying to defend that go look at social media there were people actually saying oh you know it's not that big of a deal spitting saliva at someone depending on the household and the part of the country you in in the US that's a death wish you are allowed to kill that man or woman for spitting on you. That's the most disrespectful thing you could ever do to a person is to spit in their face without their permission. But that is a problem that that fan thought it was okay. And this is the problem with fanatics. And this is why I go on my rants about fans and fanatics and things of that nature. They think that it's acceptable that they can do that stuff. They feel entitled that it's okay for them to do it all because they paid for a freaking ticket. To a game. You got to remember this. This is something key to understand with this. This is not just a sports issue. This is a societal issue. This is an issue with this world in general. That people think that they're entitled to do things to other people just because they pulled out their credit card and paid some money. That's not how that works. 
Go to a restaurant. You'll see that guy, that fanatic. You'll see that guy, that person do the same thing at a restaurant. Disrespect wait services, disrespect managers at, at fast food restaurants are the worst. But those people are who they are at the core. And we have to stop making excuses for that type of disrespect. In sports, we talk noise. Players are noise talkers. They do that. Hell, Draymond Green was talking about how Trey Young's one of the biggest shit talkers in the game, which, you know, I appreciate. I appreciate him embracing, in a way, the villain role, and I hope he really takes it in. But fans always take it to the extreme. They take it to the next level that you should not be taking it there. There's absolutely no reason for a fan to spit on a player, to throw stuff at a player, hell, to even flip them off. Why are you flipping them off? They're playing a freaking game, right? Isn't that usually what those people typically say? Those people, those fanatics, those types of people, the ones that are super uber disrespectful, that is the first thing that comes out their mouth. It's just a game. They're making millions playing a game. You're right, they are because they're talented. They're good. They're great. They're at a level you're not going to be at. A level I'm not going to be at. They're a level that most of us won't be at. They're the top 1% of their profession. But being disrespectful like that and spitting on a man. He's like Trey and turn around and holler off and try to attack him. I don't think Trey even recognized it until the videos came out. And the biggest problem with that too is that if Trey Young would have responded to that dude. If, if Russell Westbrook would have gotten out of this hold. Gotten out of that hold from security and and the and the and the training staff, he would have snatched up that fan just like he did at the mouse of the palace. Do I condone condone violence? Not really, but the mouse of the palace, I totally understood why they did it. Because I would have done it too. It's disrespectful. It's rude. It's ridiculous. And there is no place in any part of this country, in anything we do, no matter what the profession of the job is, to act like that. So I'm asking you all, if you're watching this, if you hear this, and listen to this, you pass this around, please. We start calling these people out. Screw the, the 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 banning fans from that. I need them permanently gone from the sports. Make sure that you can't you don't allow them to do anything. Period. Their name is just completely blacklisted everywhere. And if you find out they use somebody else's information, blacklist them too. Because that's what they'll do. They'll just go find somebody else to buy them tickets and they'll go to the games. And we gotta we gotta stop letting these people just get away with that crap. That's really the biggest point. We gotta stop letting. People in general get away with that because it's ridiculous. And I, I I hate seeing that and people letting it just go. We got to do better as humans. That's definitely not something, that's not a WWJD situation. I promise you that because I promise you Jesus wouldn't do that. Period. Period. So remember, you're not entitled to anything irregardless of what you paid for. You're entitled for a good time. And if you don't enjoy yourself, that's your bad. Especially when it comes to sports. And then in life in general, if you buy something, if you don't appreciate it, you can say your complaints, try to get a refund and go about your day. But disrespecting people like that, it's no place for it. Absolutely no place for it in this world. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. 
man, the NBA is in a great place right now. So, of course, we're watching the NBA playoffs go on. We have... You see where we got the, uh, the Utah Jazz and the Memphis Grizzlies are now tied with Memphis stealing the first game, which was pretty crazy. But, of course, Donovan Mitchell did not play. And John Morant went out there and dropped 47 points. 47. He's like one of, what's that, five players under at 21 and under to be able to score that many points in a game. Let's look. Um, the previous high was 45 by LeBron. For a player 21 or younger, and the only other players to hit 40 milestone during a part season performance have been Magic Johnson, Tracy McGrady, and of course, Luka Doncic, which is another youth that's doing some big things. And then you got the the roar of Madison Square Garden where they're balling and going against the Atlanta Hawks. And we got young Ice Trey doing it. And my point is, the NBA is in really good hands right now with the way that our young players are balling, the way that they're going out there and hooping. They're doing some big things. I mean, we've got – let me go through the players that we have to look forward to over the next 10 years of giving us highlight after highlight after highlight, and potentially a villain can come from this. And every every storyline you can imagine can populate from this. So the league's in good hands. We have Luka Doncic. We've got Ice Trey Young. Devin Booker, who's looking good. You know, he's teetering as he's starting to get older. Uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, both of them are still under 25 out there cooking. John Morant, Nikolai Jokic, which I didn't, you know, it's funny. I always forget that he's like, what, 25-ish? He's not as old as you, uh, I'm sorry, Nikola Jokic, that you uh, think he is. Because, you know, I mean, he's only been in the league since 2016, so it doesn't seem like he's, you know, as old as he really is. But he's 26 years old, so he's still right there going into his prime. Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons, Zion, even though he didn't even make the playoffs this year, the league has a good amount of players that at some point will do some damage in the league, especially as the old guard moves on. Like, LeBron's not going to be able to pull a Tom Brady and play until he's 45, I'm giving LeBron only two, maybe three more years, mainly because that ankle injury he had, and he mentioned that he's not going to be 100%, that's the thing that usually derails a guy from being able to play long-term. He's done very well about not really getting hurt, except for two years ago when he had the growing injury and he was out. He said that the growing still bothered him last season in the bubble even, and then this year he had that major ankle injury that he missed like 20-something games on. And he looks kind of meh in the playoffs right now. If you notice, he's not even driving to the paint to score. So that kind of tells you that he's not really 100%. But my point is we've got a lot of the young guard moving in. Hell, even Joel Embiid, he's still, he's about in his peak now at 27. So he's starting to hit that ascension. The NBA is in great hands. I mean, great hands. I mean, look at this. Trey Young out here. Hopefully he'll embrace this villain role and really just... Enjoy that everyone hates his guts. A lot of people hate his game, and I get why they hate his game because he does fish for fouls, similar to the James Harden type game. But at his size, I understand because it's an advantage and it allows for him to stay at the free throw line and always put up numbers and always score. Is it a winning formula? We'll see. I mean, he's a four seed this year, so uh, I mean, a five seed this year, so he's kind of doing something right, but we don't know how that's going to look long term. We'll see what the team does to build around him, but. Ice straight giving it to us. We got Luka Doncic out here. Look at this. Luka Doncic out here just giving, giving them the business. I mean, he is literally beating the crap out of 
the Clippers by himself. And it's funny, I was listening to Bomani Jones and Nick Wright. Nick Wright was a guest on his show recently, and he made this point that I can think of which one it was. I think actually it was it was Nick Wright who Nick Wright made this point. That when the Clippers were assembled, and I'm gonna talk about them on another video later in the podcast. I'm gonna talk about the Clippers. When the Clippers were assembled, what we were told is that they're going to have the best perimeter defenders in the league. You've got Patrick Beverly, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, who are all capable and really good defenders. I mean, Paul George was up for MVP and defensive player of the year when he was in Oklahoma City. So we know that he can do it because the Thunder had a really highly ranked defense that year. Kawhi Leonard, defensive player of the year, he's won it. Uh, Patrick Beverly, more of a pest than a defender, but he does do enough to poke balls away, get steals, etc., and disrupt games. Luka Doncic is eating them alive. All of them. He's going in on Pat Beverly, telling him, you're too small. You're too effing small. And he did it two games in a row. What did Patrick Beverly do? Crowded the refs and that's about it. Because he's right. He's too small to defend him. He got Kawhi Leonard on him. What did he do to Kawhi? Put him in the post, hit him with a fadeaway. Boom. I don't even know if Paul George is defending him. I, I haven't paid attention to that part of it. But the fact of the matter is, is Luka Doncic is cooking and nobody can stop him. I see why he's going to be a favorite for MVP again, probably for the next couple of years because he keeps doing this in the playoffs. But he's cooking them, them Clippers. And that's what you want. And then you go down the list, John Morant, eight against the Jazz, which is a great defensive team. Mike Conley and him, he dropped 47. Brought the team back, and they were down two and almost came back in that game. But, of course, Donovan Mitchell and crew closed it out. But John Morant got in there by beating Steph Curry and the Warriors after the Warriors disrespected him every game this season by letting him shoot from three. He got it together. So, barring injury, we've got great, great buildup. Now, the question I ask here is, what do we have with the other young guard how do they look coming forward? So ESPN did a uh, top 25, um, top 25 under 25. And I'm going to go through that list uh, another time uh, as I keep floating it, but it's one that I really want to talk through. Because looking at the young guard and the young movement, the young players that we have in the league, I mean, the question is next, who's going to be the ones to ascend into their peak and become a difference maker? I think Jason Tatum has the potential to it. I don't know if he's going to be a superstar, but I think he has the potential to get there. I think Jalen Brown will be underneath him. I think Ja, Luka, Jokic, uh, Embiid's definitely already there. Devin Booker rose like will, and Devin Booker first time in the playoffs. 34-31, putting up just numbers, just looking great out there. Ben Simmons, even though he's like shooting, and he's impactful, especially defensively. And Donovan Mitchell with the Jazz, he showed his value by not playing game one. They lost game two. He went out there and cooked. So we got that. So now we have to ask, who's next? Will we get this out of LaMelo Ball? We get this out of Anthony Edwards. Can Carl Anthony Towns finally round it out? What about Zach Levine? Shea Gilgis Alexander for, you know, Oklahoma City. Will he be that next guy? Right now, the talent is up there, and we've got not only good defenders and scores, we've got some flash too, and we got some personalities. The one thing I've mentioned before in past videos is the one thing missing with the NBA today is truly a villain, someone to really just hate watch. 
Like, you watch him because you hate him and you want him to lose. We always had that in years past. We had that with MJ. A lot of people watched MJ because they hated him. They got tired of seeing him win. I hate watching him, but I loved watching greatness. So I enjoyed every minute of it. LeBron, when he went to the Miami Heat, a lot of people hated the Lakers and Kobe and them. They hated Lakers, Shaq and Kobe. And then LeBron, when he left Cleveland and he was anointed the one, and he went to Miami and it pissed everybody off because they formed the first big three super team, even though that's happened for years. But, you know, you know, revisionist history. People don't only pay attention to uh, recency bias, I guess you could say. But there, there's a list of these players that we had villain-wise. We don't have that today. So hopefully we can get that from our boy Ice Trey, who's doing that in New York. I mean, he's silencing the crowd, which I just love seeing it, especially since I love seeing crowds in general, because I'm glad that the pandemic has made it to where we're in the, in the phase of it, where we look like we're coming out of it and we can really get out there and see fans interacting with the players. So NBA's in great hands, super excited, stay excited. Let's see what the hell we get moving forward in these playoffs. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's time to ask the question, how in the hell are the Los Angeles Clippers down to zero with home court advantage? Can anybody explain that to me? Talked about this before. Everybody's talking about it. This is the thing that's going around the interwebs, YouTubes, everybody. Every talking head in the world is talking about this. Every podcast is talking about this. You're not going to hear anything different from me than you probably will from anybody else, except for I'm going to do it in a more cool um, <laughs> exciting more in a way that you are going to truly enjoy. The Los Angeles Clippers are awful when it comes to being a playoff team. How do you purposely, purposely, and I don't care what nobody says, they purposely tanked to avoid the Lakers in the first round to get who? the Dallas Mavericks. And then what happens? Luka Doncic does what he did last year, except for now he has got Chris Stops Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't know where the hell he came from. He's became a whole new human being and they're out there cooking those boys. Cooking them guys. Cooking up to zero. Went to LA and took they change. It starts snatching them. It's amazing to me that Luka Doncic has been able to abuse the Clippers here in the playoffs like this. And as I mentioned before, the Clippers were supposed to be the best perimeter defending team damn near ever created because of the guys they have with Patrick Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. You would think that, and then they're out here just getting rocked. And the problem with this is that they got age. We got age here. And so, there are three teams that I feel like need to go ahead and start looking at dismantling, adjusting players or something because they're getting to those ages where 
Either you find them a whole bunch of help or the team is done. These are who I'm going to talk about. The Clippers. Los Angeles Clippers probably starting to be looking at the dismantling process. And I'm explaining that in a second. The Portland Trailblazers. I've talked about this before. And I think that we're at that point. It's probably time for you to do that with them. And then the last one is the Washington Wizards. They made an attempt. They did the experiment. I just don't feel like they've ever done a good job of bringing in the right players. You probably need to go ahead and just bottom out, start from scratch again. Because the roster that they've all constructed, for some reason, is not very, not good enough. Let's put it like that. So, first off, the Clippers. Like I said, everybody's talking about them. Everybody's abusing them. Everybody is pointing out all the flaws with this team. And the flaws with this team is that as much as we want to blame Paul George for everything, Paul George had a solid game and so did Kawhi, but they have absolutely no one else on that roster to truly help them. And they, for some reason, have no one on that team that can defend Luka Doncic. So you got to kind of prepare yourself for someone like Luka. And to me, what's funny is if they can't stop Luka, what makes us think that they can really stop LeBron? Now, this is the difference, though. Luka can shoot now. Luka's been the guy that has been putting up a ton of three-pointers and weren't really making very many of them. I think he was shooting in the low 30s for most of his career up until this year. And then this year now in the playoffs, he's out here just dropping threes like, like he's been shooting them perfectly his entire career. Like, yeah, I heard like Steph Curry. I mean, he shot 13 and only made five, but guess what? He ain't got no fear of shooting them. And the problem is, is that you have to respect him shooting them because why? He's been making them. He's making the three. That's the issue. And so because of that, you have to pay attention to what Luka Doncic is doing with his shot. The Clippers themselves as a team, have no one besides Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And in, in today's NBA, you got to have more than that. Patrick Beverly. I mean, hell, let's look at this. They don't have a point guard. You would think Patrick Beverly would be the playmaker that, well, he's supposed to be some sort of a point guard, but he's not. And Rondo, for some reason, can't fix them. And he has Reggie Jackson, who hasn't really been that good since he got there for the most part. They need someone to get everybody else involved and get them scoring so that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard can still do their thing. They don't have that. And then it goes into the point of how Kawhi Leonard is so quiet, he's not even vocal enough to be a leader. And then let's go into that. Let's add to that. Kawhi Leonard, not the leader. Kawhi Leonard is the type of person that, in rumor has it, he's showing up places late. He, he, it ain't it. So what can the Clippers do? He's not leading by examples. What can the Clippers do now? One option for the Clippers is... Kawhi Leonard's not going anywhere. Let's put it like that. They, they, they've done everything to appease Kawhi. So they're not, Kawhi's not going anywhere. So the first thing they can shoot, do is trade Paul George. Paul George is locked up in a long-term contract. And I promise you, as much as you guys are probably saying, well, look at what Paul George is playing. Out of all the teams in the NBA, I promise you at least 25 of them will want Paul George. In some way, they can find a way to get him. At least 25 of them. 25 out of 30 will definitely take Paul George today if you trade him there. Don't get it twisted. He's still productive. He may not be great in the playoffs right now, but Paul George could be great as, and I Bomani Jones had mentioned this before, that he could probably be great as a three. I never thought of it that way, but that makes sense. Because the way he's playing is he's playing like he's a three and D guy. 
with some playmaking ability, and it's not enough. They need someone else to do that role, and he's kind of taking it from them. So I think the Clippers need to go ahead and begin the process of breaking up things, which means Paul George needs to be traded. Portland. I like Portland's backcourt. I've always enjoyed Portland's backcourt. Portland's backcourt is not winning them anything. Period. As much as I like their backcourt, their backcourt's not winning them anything. Damian Lillard, TJ McCollum, they're starting to get up there in age. It's getting to that point where it's time to move on. Dame's 30 years old. And they still have only been to the what the Western Conference Finals once and got demolished. It's time to move on with Portland. And what should they do? They can't get rid of Dane. <clears throat> Keep Dane. He's your star. He don't, don't do anything with Dane. But CJ McCollum, it's time to kind of probably move on from him. He's probably your most expendable guy on the roster. The guy you can trade is him. Where could you send him, though? That would make sense and get something that could probably help you. I mean, I think I know one team that's probably, it kind of needs to blow themselves up too. It probably would make sense to make a move for this. Send them to Boston. Jalen Brown. Maybe, or even the third team I'm going to talk about, which is the Washington Wizards. Send them for Bradley Beal. Something like that. Get them salaries lined up. Ship them out. Because as much as I like what they do, they're not enough. It's not enough. They don't have a third score on that team or even a second score that's big enough to really make an impact on both sides of the ball. And I think Jalen Brown's probably the closest they can do that with. Uh, I don't know how good Bradley Beal is on defense. But there's probably more options out there they can go for. But I like the idea of sending McCollum over to Boston and getting Jalen Brown. I mean, you're not going to get Jason Tatum. Unless Boston thinks that Jason Tatum isn't it and they decide to go ahead and send him over there for McCollum with some dra- and get some draft picks from Portland, in which Portland, if you get that, you take that shit. You take it immediately. Danny, if Danny Ainge tries to fleece you by doing something like that, you go for it. That's an option. And then Washington is another one that I feel like it's time to go ahead and pull back the curtain, pull the Band-Aid off, and ship out Bradley Bill. You should be able to ship out Westbrook's one to two years left on his contract. Somebody will take that. They need someone that's going to work their butt off and go ahead and start the process of redoing that team. Team is young, but they're in a situation where they keep getting close enough to the playoffs. Well, hell, they haven't won 50 games in my lifetime. Uh, They haven't won 50 games since like 70s. So if they haven't won won 50 games in that long, 50, just 50 games, just winning 50 freaking games, go look it up. That's where we're running into an issue with just management in general. They're just not putting together a good roster. And as much talent as in the NBA, there's a lot of young talent. It's not easy constructing a team that can actually win. But you should be able to construct something in the East. Something. And they can't do that. And so to me, shipping out Bradley Beal, hell, package Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. They got a whole bunch of cap space where they can absorb it and they can send you a shit ton of draft picks. The Clippers draft picks who's probably going to be pretty bad in the next couple of years if Kawhi Leonard doesn't come back, which I think he is. He loves San Diego so much that he commutes there daily. He's not going to leave, but you can send them there. 
to Oklahoma City and pull those draft picks, you could probably send them to Utah, send Bradley Bill to Utah for, for Donovan Mitchell. Bill's got enough years on his contract. You send him there with those young, with that young core, that young group of players, and get Bradley and uh, Donovan Mitchell, and you start from scratch and just build around him. Technically, could do that too. Now, Utah's going to ask for some draft picks to go with that, but at the same time, if they get Bradley Bill, they're really in a win mode now. And Donovan Mitchell seems a little disgruntled. Google it. That may be something that could be appealing. Now, I'm only talking about tra- swapping superstars. That's that's the focus of here. But that's something to think about. But those teams, the Wizards, the Blazers, and the Clippers. Time sort of guys. Clean house. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. So as the sports world turns, the saga continues as we now have... Interesting developments when it comes to a few players that want to get out of Dodge. So first off, we have, I'm going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and Julio Jones. So as we all know, around the time that the draft was going on, the Atlanta Falcons were basically shopping Julio Jones. And now it appears that Julio Jones has requested a trade. Now, so I'm looking at this report from ESP, and it looks like Julio Jones had actually requested a trade in the offseason at the beginning of it, around March, but they kept it quiet while they were shopping him and trying to see what's going on. So it seems like when they kind of came out that he was being shopped, he had already said that he was ready to be traded. And he decided to jump on live television with Shannon Sharp on Undisputed with him and Skip. Skip. And Julio basically said, I'm out of there while on there. Now, there's a, there's a few things about this video that I watched and was kind of thrown off from. Is that one, it looked like Julio did not know he was on national television. He may have been, he may not have been. And supposedly, well, actually not supposedly, the law in California is that it's a two-person consent law. So everybody needs to know that they're on, on record both, both ways, two-way. Um, they're being recorded or anything like that. Julio was on national television live on the show. And at the end, Shannon mentioned that he was on the show or whatever. And Julio kind of seemed like, oh, well, I want to go to the Cowboys or something like that. Which is interesting. He don't want to go to the Cowboys, but that wasn't going to happen anyway. But anyway, mainly because of money. So with that, Julio's unhappy and he's ready to be traded. So I think Atlanta's going to have to trade him. Correction, Atlanta is going to trade him because they have salary cap issues right now. If I'm correct, financially, they are not in a situation where they can actually hang on to Julio Jones. So because of that, it makes sense to go ahead and move away from him. But this is the thing that does not make sense. What doesn't make sense is that if the Atlanta Falcons are in win-now situation, win-now mode, and they drafted Kyle Pitts with the number four pick in the NFL draft, why would they get rid of Julio Jones? No one's been able to explain that to me. 
Because to me, if you're win now, you want someone that even though Julio did not really play the full season, he's had he's getting up there in age at 32 years old, and, you know, and, and all of that. Why would you trade the best weapon on your team that you know is the best weapon on your team this year? Why would you do that? Right? What sense does that make? I feel like that is counterproductive to what the Falcons should be wanting to do. If anything, they should have probably drafted a quarterback, which I don't understand why they didn't draft a quarterback if they were looking to trade away their number one weapon. But whatevs. But yeah, Julio only played nine games last season. This is the only the second season in his career he played less than 10 games. Actually, every year he's played at least 13 games since his rookie season. So he didn't play much, dealing with injury, and he is 32 years old. And this is kind of when most football players start to decline because football is such a physical sport. Players do fall apart long-term. So there's two teams that Julio said he wants to go to. He either wants to play with Cam Newton in New England or he wants to play in Tennessee with A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill. Now, those two, there's been other discussions and everything, and it's supposedly that everyone that's called into Atlanta, based upon the report, that Atlanta's asking for a first-round draft pick for Julio, which makes sense. You, you, you should get a, a first out of him. It makes sense asking for a first. Let's put it like that. I'm surprised the team would give up a first, but I do think there's two teams that would give up a first for him. And I think one team is more likely to do it than the other, mainly because of money. Because it appears that... Um, so Julio's base right now is $15.3 million, fully guaranteed for the season. And he's scheduled to cost them $23 million against the cap this year. And his cap hit of $19 million in 22 and 23. Because, of course, they kept redoing his contract every year to make him a high-paid wide receiver than everyone else when they get contracts and at the same time extending out his money to where they're not, um, yeah, financially in ruins. I hate that about the NFL and their cap stuff. It's so confusing and ridiculous. But anyway, I think that it's a long shot he's going to go to Tennessee. I can totally see him in New England, and this is why. New England is one of two teams that I have seen in recent years that have absolutely no problem with getting rid of their first-round pick. Draft picks are currency, especially in NFL. It's way more valuable because you can – the more picks you have, the more holes you can potentially feel based upon the players you have on your team. And like I said, football is a very physical sport. Because it's so physical, players get hurt on a regular basis. You can fill out your rosters with draft picks. But two teams are willing to always get rid of their first-round picks, and that's the New England Patriots and – the Los Angeles Rams. Rams, they got the cap space. Now, they probably find the cap space to do it, but they ain't got the cap space to do it. Plus, they got some pretty good receivers, and I think they'll be just fine with Matt Stafford this season. We'll see what the defense looks like to carry their end, but the Patriots, I could totally see them going to. I could totally see them giving up a first-round pick. They've done it years past just to bring in a guy that's proven, maybe for a year, maybe two rental, and then move on if they feel like they need to move on. But this is perfectly what something Bill Belichick would do. I mean, this is something that would be great to have for like Cam Newton as they develop their wide receiver room and develop Mac Jones, providing him with a big target to start if he does end up playing to where he can get his bearings and potentially become the heir apparent to Cam Newton. So for me, I say Julio Jones ends up in New England. So now the next guy, did a video on this before. You can check it out. Um, 
on this one on Aaron Rodgers and where he's going to end up. Aaron Rodgers is not going to get traded. It would cost the Packers too much money to send him out. Now, he was on ESPN with Kenny Mayne on his last episode, which, you know, the GOAT's leaving ESPN, unfortunately, and I love Kenny Mayne and all his humor or whatnot. He basically was saying on there that it was not, he doesn't love Green Bay. He loves his teammates. He loves the city. He loves the fans. It's just a philosophy thing. It's not love. It's a philosophy. It's like just the overall philosophy. He basically said that there's something wrong with them, period. Just overall, everything about them. Their whole steez, it feels like. Everything about them is an issue. And that's a really tough pill to swallow for Green Bay, if you really think about it. Like, someone just said that y'all got real issues, top to bottom. But that doesn't mean that Green Bay's going to get rid of him. I'll say, financially, they can't afford to get rid of him. And to be honest, can Aaron Rodgers afford to leave? Because if I'm correct, if he leaves, if he if he, if he decides not to sit, he has to write a check for like $25 million. That means that he's got to give up a lot in order to go away. I don't see him leaving Green Bay at all. Him writing a check for $25 million? Maybe. And just not playing anymore. But if he really wants to get out of Green Bay, he's going to have to basically show them that I'm, I don't want to play no more. I'm good. And give back some of that signing bonus money. And then he'll just sit there until they decide to trade him, in which all he's going to do is get older and older and older because they still own his rights as far as his contract goes. So he can't go anywhere. Now, June 1st, things look a little bit better. But he hits their cap a little too much for them to get rid of him. So I'm going to say that and say this again. Green Bay is not going to trade Aaron Rodgers, or nor do they want to look be looked at after they trade him and he leads the team deep into the playoffs as the team that traded Aaron Rodgers. And the last place behind that is, last piece behind that is, and this has been mentioned before, is that we have no clue who the hell Jordan Love really is. He was not active this season. Mina Kimes pointed that out, and I was just like, you got to be lying. I went back and looked. Not to call Mina Kimes a liar. It's just more so, it's a shock that he ain't played. So what makes you think he any good? And what it sounds like is that the Packers don't know if he's any good. Because to me, they thought out he was any good. They'd be quick to find a way to get rid of Aaron Rodgers and make it hit them minimally. But they're not. Aaron ain't going nowhere. They've already said they're not going to trade him. He ain't going nowhere. There's no secret conversations going out there. There's no secret backdoor deals being made. Aaron ain't going nowhere. So either he's retiring and paying back money or he's going to show his butt up eventually. Now, right now, he's living his good life. Missing OTAs, hanging out in Maui with his fiance and his celebrity friends. Hey, live it up. You're old. It's fine. You really don't need to be at OTAs and be real with that. But understand, Aaron, that if you don't do something, if you'll show up, you got a lot of money to give up. And I know you ain't going to want to give that up. And they will find you no problem. But he ain't getting traded. So let's just get that out of our minds right now. 
Oh man, thank you so much for joining us here on Unfair. We appreciate the love and support. Make sure you check us out and share us with your friends and family that love sports. Check out our YouTube page. video versions of this podcast. You can find it at unfair-sports.com and click on the YouTube button. Uh, so for Mike, Bob, and Wendy, thank you so much for the production here on the back inside, as well as my boy Chris helping us out. And make sure you check out the next show. We'll have something, of course, next week. There will be a revamp of the show itself. Uh, there'll be some changes of release times and dates uh, and days, at least. Um, goal is to go for three, may just be two, just depending on what things are going to look like. But I'm planning on it, messing around with stuff. And so if you got any suggestions, hit me up, let me know. So with that, chop it up with you in a few days. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.